welcome to another episode of El Government the Podcast. I'm Abdullah, and with me as always is Xavier. Call me Chuck Green the Zombie Slayer today. Yeah, playing some of that Dead Rising 2, boy. Yeah, that's right, I am. <laughs> so how are you, Xavier? I'm doing alright. Work's going okay, but it's murder right now, because we got inventory coming up, so they're like, double down, because it's going to be a hard one. Oh, and for those of you who care, um, we were supposed to record on Monday, but Skype, uh, but Skype was fucking up, and Xavier couldn't uh, be here to record on Monday. So yeah, if this episode is longer than usual, it's because you know a lot of shit's been going on, and we, you know, I took some of the best stuff to talk about, and you know, put it in one episode. So sorry if this episode's a little longer than usual. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Ubisoft is in talks with, um, they're make, trying to make movies out of Watch Dogs, Far Cry, and Rabbids. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Like, what is the <laughs> point of this? Well, what is the point of this? Like, you know, I'm convinced that there will never be a good video game-based movie. Like, there will never be a good video game-based movie. I mean, for fuck's sake, Disney tried to do um, a video game-based movie with Prince of Persia, and look how well that turned out. <laughs> but on the other hand, they did an original property with Wreck-It Ralph, and that was great. Yeah, but it's like I'm talking about a movie based on a video game. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. it it'll never happen. Yeah, and I'm just like, why? You know, why are you like... I mean, what's surprising is, like, Watch Dogs, a game that hasn't even come out yet that I'm hyped for, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, you're already making a movie out of this? Really? Really? Mm -hmm. Like, a game that hasn't even come out yet? It's just, it really pisses me off. It's because, like, fucking studios and developers really think that they are, that that their product is going to sell and it's going to do well, and that then they're going to, like plan a sequel or make a movie out of a game yeah. before it's even out. And I'm just like, no. No, you're the not. The only way I could... It will never happen. The only way I could see it theoretically happening is if they write the script first, and then years later, they're like, hey, guess what? Uh, we think during development, the best way to do it would be to actually make a, make a game as well. It's kind of like reverse logic of how like the Matrix, Enter the Matrix, came during the production of the Matrix movies, if they did something where it's like, we're going to coordinate where it's both the movie and the game come out at the same time, then yeah, you might stand a chance because you're sharing the same source material and you're not trying to adapt anything all willy-nilly. But I just don't see someone from Hollywood who's not into the games themselves taking a property and go, well, you know, this is great and all but given the story and everything, we really should be trying to change things up. And that, you know, that's where everything goes wrong because when they try to make something, you know, fit for the screen, they end up losing that thing where people like to interact with the games. Like, that's a huge part of what's missing from a lot of this is, like, there's no feeling of interaction that these games have. Yeah, 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 it's... it's Especially with Splinter Cell, where the fun of Splinter Cell is, you know, sneaking around, killing dudes silently, you know? And I don't want to see that in a movie. I don't want to sit on my ass for two hours looking at, like, waiting for Sam Fisher to kill someone, where I'm like, I could be doing this myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus, like, plus, like Tom Hardy is Sam Fisher, really? Really? <laughs> Tom Hardy, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. I did not hear that. Yeah, the, apparently they've been trying to get that Splinter Cell movie off the ground, and Tom Hardy has signed on to play um, Sam Fisher. Okay, well... And I know and I know that um, they're doing Assassin's Creed with Michael Fassbender, and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, I know Prometheus wasn't that good of a movie, but Jesus Christ, you, you're, you're above this, you know? You're above this type of schlock. Michael Fassbender, young Magneto. Yeah, he's a fucking amazing actor. Like he's he's oh, really amazing. And, yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, you're above this shit. Why are you in Assassin's Creed? I mean, for fuck's sake. If they if they do shit. the thing where he's uh, Altair the whole time and he just keeps his face covered, it, it could work. But no, he's playing. He's, the... he's he, um, according to IMDb, which you know that could change any time the movie comes out, which I doubt it'll ever lift off. Get off uh, pre-production hell. Um, he's playing Desmond, apparently. He doesn't so. look that much like Desmond. You know who Desmond really looks like in the games? Up until the third one? Who? Adam Sandler. He <laughs> kind of looks like Adam Sandler. <laughs> Fucking right on the money, dude. Up until like the third game where they changed the engine and he started looking like, I don't know. Like a normal generic guy. Actually, towards I, that one. Actually, I think he looks like um, this guy that I just saw him in. This is the end. He's the best friend of uh, Seth Rogen. Which one? <laughs> he's he's the guy that was uh, in How to Train Your Dragon. He was the voice of that guy. Oh, Hiccup. The main character, yeah. He, he's skinny guy has a high-pitched Jerry Lewis sounding voice. <laughs> yeah. God, what's, what's his name? I know he was from in She's Out of My League, which is a fucking horrible movie. He was the main guy in that. But I know him as Hiccup from um, How to How Change, Change Your Dragon. Yeah. yeah. And, and the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like, yeah. More like yeah, he looks like a young Jerry Lewis, doesn't he? He does. He fucking does. He looks and sounds like a young Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I just want to go up to him and say, can you say nice lady? <laughs> nice lady. <laughs> oh, God. I was watching, like, the Animaniacs. Okay, I hate to go off topic here, but I was watching some of the Animaniacs DVDs, and I fucking love the director. <laughs> He's, like, the best Jerry Lewis um, caricature I've seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking love him. I love the Animaniacs <laughs> reference where it's uh or not reference, but it's it's the bit where it's it's the rich guy on the plane and the Warner Brothers are like messing with him real bad and he just shouts, Do you know who I am? Like, you know, he's some big important dude, but then uh Yako says back, Do you know who I am? He goes, No and then Yako says, Good, that makes us even <laughs> Yeah, I've just been, like, the past couple of days I've just been watching Animaniacs, so just wanted to point that out there. Um, moving on, um, Josh Whedon has confirmed that uh, Loki is not going to be in Avengers 2, so, yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not disappointed, I mean, I saw it coming, but, um, yeah, as much as I liked Loki in Avengers, uh, in the first Avengers, I don't really see him coming back for another sequel anyway, and honestly... I think that they've done all that they can do with that character in terms of, like, uh, movie um, mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, no, I agree. It's 
it's good to just keep it fresh because with the expanded Marvel universe, he's going to have a lot of playtime in the Thor movies anyway. Oh yeah, I, I could imagine him seeing. I could I, I could imagine him being in like the two or three Thor movies because mm-hmm. I know he's in I know he's in Dark World, but I don't know if he's going to be in the third uh, Thor movie. Which let's face it, there's going to be a third Thor movie. Yeah, hey, I like because, the Thor movies because nowadays yeah. movies don't mean shit if they're not trilogies. <laughs> That's true. They. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> it's just no, you know, too. you can measure the success of a trilogy if it's been rebooted. <laughs> yeah. Which is apparently uh, what they're going to be doing with Spider-Man because they have confirmed, uh, Sony has confirmed that they are doing um, two more sequels. So you're going to see Spider-Man 3 and Spider-Man 4. So, you know, to so those who, who are hoping that uh, the rights would go back to Marvel... And you're going to see a Spider-Man and Avengers movie. Yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel sorry for you, but honestly, I, I like The Amazing Spider-Man. I think it was a really great movie, and I think it it was much... And after the, the atrocity that was um, Spider-Man 3, the, it was a much-needed break, and back to, to the character's roots, you know? I liked it. I, I thought it was good at times, but there were just some things I didn't agree with at all, like... Um, I fucking I can't think of one instance, but, but there was the whole thing of like the costume was just done entirely different because they wanted to get away. They wanted to get so far away from what Sam Raimi did. They were like, we got to do all different, all new. And then the only thing I remember from the Sam Raimi movies they never explained was how he got those you know really slick looking Oakleys in his mask. They did in the Mark Webb movies because they were like, oh, I get it. It's a pair of glasses he cut up. That's it's actually pretty cool. I like that idea. Where was that idea in the Sam Raimi movie? That was the only thing they really explained. The whole other time, you're just you know meant to believe he made this costume himself. Yeah, well, I mean, they ch- they went back to the classic look in the sequel, and I think that's for the better. I think it is because too. because you know I kind of understand what they were going for in the first one, where it's like yeah, it's a prototype type thing and. It's it's sort of like Captain it's sort of like Captain America where it's like yeah it's in World War Two and you know he's not gonna have his classic costume it's gonna be like a fucking Military army guy. vest with you know it's just, it was, I never liked that look never liked it I I actually kind of dug it a bit but you're right it was kind of bullshit because I was like I I bought the movie and I listened to the commentary and they said yeah we wanted to make sure it felt as realistic as possible so we used materials from that era, and I was like, that's a smart move. I like what you did there. However, some of these designs that you've incorporated into it means he advanced costumes in, like, you know, military warfare by 70 years. Yeah. It's like, so fucking... Like, <laughs> like I, I mean, I understand. It's it's a fucking comic book movie. I don't expect it's historical accuracy, but Jesus Christ, are you, are you shitting me? Are you shitting me? <laughs> he literally, with that costume advanced military aesthetic design for uniforms by 70 years. I was like, being a little bit of a military buff, I was like, they did not have cross-stitching back then. They did not yeah. have, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks, yeah, Yeah, I mean, it looks way too fucking, you know, high-tech and clean to, to look like something from World War II. You know? And it was just like, you, are you nuts? That stuff shouldn't be invented for Lisa another 40 years and this dude's like oh hey I got some ideas for a costume stitch this together for me 
from Tony Stark, who should have been like, oh, wow, that's brilliant. Who should have thought of it first, by the way? The dude who invented hover cars. <laughs> yeah, that was. I never was a fan of that decision where it's like, oh, yeah, uh, Tony's dad was part of the um, research team. And I'm like, I no, did, I wasn't. Was, <laughs> you know, I was fine because his, his role was restricted. He was just like, you know, he he is a genius, and I'm glad they established that that Tony comes from a long line of brilliant guys. His character, you know, had some use, and it was cool to see a familiar face like that, you know, to set up the one movie before Avengers. But it was just like, he he should have been at least a little more, you know, inept when it came, or adaptive when it came to that sort of thing. Because he's like, leaving out a shield of vibranium metal. And it's like, oh, this is the only one in existence, but it's just sitting out here in the open. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, so, I know a lot of people are disappointed that Spider-Man ain't gonna be in the, in the Avengers, but, yeah, you know, what can you do? I mean, Sony, like, they're not gonna give up the rights to Spider-Man, they're not, you know, it's, it's a big money maker for them, and, and they're not gonna give up the rights. You know, the, the cool thing is, though, with the expanded universe, it does mean there could be, uh, ancillary characters that we could see come into play. Now, now, I'm not saying I want to see it happen, but, you know, maybe... If Sony didn't buy the rights, we could see Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider. I would love that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, what was it? Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of rights to characters, have, did you hear that the original uh, creator of Ghost Rider is suing Marvel for for the rights to Ghost Rider in court? Gene Colan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, you're not going to win this. And what would you do if... Like, that was my question. Like, what would you do if, you hypothetically, you won back the rights? What were we going to do with them? You know? Get money for it, really. (laughs) Like, I mean, someone said, yeah, if he gets the rights back, he'll just, like, sell them back to Marvel and, like, have, like, a 50-50 deal with them or something. Because that's what he's going to do. Because, let's be honest, what are you going to do with the rights back? Like, nothing. Nothing. Well, he could try. He could try taking the character to another company, but the thing is, this happened before, and Marvel always stated, "Look, back in the day, you guys were work for hire. Like we paid you to create stories, so whatever you created is our property." So they're going to pull that in court, and I know for sure that you know they're going to try to work around them because this happened with not. Um, some other character. I don't remember. Um, how I think it was Howard the Duck. Was it Howard the Duck? I think it was, because there was was a lot of legal disputes with Howard the Duck and his original creator not being happy with Marvel, and, you know, he tried... I remember he tried fighting to get the rights back to that character, but he couldn't. I mean, I know Superman... Superman's creators to this day, like the descendants of the of the Superman Superman's creators, are still trying to this day to get the rights back to the character, which is oh, no, never going to happen. They won that lawsuit. <laughs> really? They won uh, a million bucks. <laughs> That's weird. But yeah, I don't I don't see this guy like winning um, this this thing with Marvel because Marvel's like um, they're very defensive when it comes to their characters, and you know. Ghost Rider, man. <laughs> you know, they no, still Rider. print they still print comics for that character and you know, he's popular among people. I mean, I don't read Ghost Rider. He's super I mean, I never popular. Yeah. I never no, really I, cared I for love... Ghost Rider, but like, yeah, you know. 
I, I fucking love Ghost Rider more because I've seen him played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I will say this. As much as I fucking hate those movies, Nicolas Cage's performance is fucking hilarious. <laughs> he is the best fucking actor for that role. I love, I love it when he um, started doing the second one and they said, you're going you're gonna to go insane for this one, right? And they knew it. They knew it was like one of these B-list drive-in movies. So what they did was they started having him just act like Nick Cage. And I love the bits where he's fighting Ghost Rider back. So you see things like his his skull or the, like the skull of Ghost Rider start to pop out of his head. And he goes, Ugh, uh, and he's fighting it back. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. And he's getting all crazy with it. Oh, so good. Yeah, but the, those movies are pieces of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know they were. I don't care that they are because I know they're good for just that, that reason of him being like a total fucking spaz. It's just like, okay, Ghost Rider is basically the story of a guy taken over by a demon entity. Well, how do we show that? I know. Hire Nick Cage to spaz out on camera. <laughs> I loved it. That, that, that is, that is true. That, that is true. But, you know... I will say this. I mean, the second one at least had better special effects than the first one because the first one had horrendous special effects. I love the uh, the whole thing of... What was it? The whole thing they did with... Um, God, I can't even think now. Moving on. Move on. <laughs> oh, no, no. I remember. I remember. The second movie where he's like... He possesses different vehicles and they... And they, they become, you know, the giant flaming whatever. And he found that giant bucket wheel thing. And he just turned that on to to being like a mean machine. Oh, so cool! Yeah, that was the only ac- that was the only good action sequence in that movie. And everything else was just like, bleh. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, Bethesda has announced that they are making um, Elder Scrolls Online. And to me, I'm pissed off about this because one of the things I liked about Skyrim was the fact that, hey, it proves the industry wrong. You know, it says, hey. Games don't have to have multiplayer to, you know, appeal to people. You can, you know, play a video game by yourself and have fun. I fucking love Skyrim because it's just me running around doing what I want and not having to worry about anyone else, you know, ruining my fun. And here comes Bethesda saying, yeah, fuck that shit. You know, we're going to make Elder Scrolls online because, you know, World of Warcraft is popular, so we need our own MMO, which... God, I uh, I'm fine with this. It doesn't bother me mostly because I'm not going to play the game. But what was really cool was uh, um, something that came out of the blue from the creators of Final Fantasy uh, 13. Like when they did when they did their uh, press release, and it was only in Japan that this game was getting really really good reviews. There were there were a lot of kiss asses in the uh, the states that were saying this is a really great game, but one of the things that was really hilarious was in the uh, in the interviews they had with the director of like product in Sony Japan, uh, there was one guy saying, "Well, we we decided that Final Fantasy Thirteen should start off as, on, on a linear basis because unlike those Western RPGs where they just drop you in a world and give you too much freedom." to do whatever you want. We felt it was important to build character first before turning you loose. So they specifically <laughs> said, we don't like 
how you have too much freedom to do whatever you want in those Western RPGs. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck running around doing whatever you want, you know. Linear corridor it is. Yeah. <laughs> God. That explains a lot. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> Like, the game director was literally saying, we don't like how they give you too much freedom to do whatever you want in those Western RPGs. Wow. Yeah. So that explains a lot. That explains why fucking Final Fantasy Thirteen was such a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, did you, uh, do you, do you frequent, I don't think you do, but do you frequent collectorsedition.org? No, I don't. They, uh, they do basically all the special editions for games coming out. So they like have up to, I think it's 100 days in advance of whatever special edition's coming out. They did one for Final Fantasy XIII. It's all three games, and it's just hilarious to look at it because it's, it's all three of the Final Fantasy XIII games, and they included a statue of lightning in black armor. And, and it's supposed to be the penultimate edition. <laughs> Yeah, trying real hard to sell your shit, huh? You know? Square Enix is like, yeah, no, no, this Final Fantasy Thirteen was good, you know, we're gonna make two sequels for that fucking game. Yeah, sure. Sure you are. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Final Fantasy Thirteen X2, yeah, that got great reviews, didn't it? Shit, I, I, did, I thought fucking... they were trying to, like, you know, fight back some of the bile from the press. It's just like, okay, we, we know we fucked up, so we're gonna go more classic RPG elements this time. And it was even worse. Yeah, it was it was the bait and switch where it was like, yeah, you, we know you like lightning and shit, but you're gonna get to play as a fucking bitch-ass sister. I'm like, God damn it. It's like, Fuck this why shit. Why are you doing this to me? Alright, one more time. This I, this time, I swear we got it. Final Fantasy 13 3, Black Armor. Lightning Returns. Yeah, that's such a fucking cock title. If ever I heard one. It's like one of the worst titles ever. It's like, no, lightning comes back, and it's just like black armor, and she's Batman. It's like, I'm Batman now. <laughs> she was already fucking Batman. You, fucking, you never seen the cinematics for the first game where she just, like, snapped her fingers, and she was able to, like, death-defy these jumps that would have broken a normal person in half? What happened to the black guy? I miss that black guy. <laughs> With the chocobo in his hair? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell. Yeah, it was funny. It's like, oh, I'm not a violent guy, and then when you're fighting in the thing, he fucking does gung fu or some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, gun sure. <laughs> gun kata, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah gun kata. <laughs> that was back in the day. It's like, yeah, I'm not a fighter, and then you play him, and he pulls out guns out of his ass, and starts doing all these crazy fucking moves, and I'm like, yeah, sure. Sure, buddy. Oh, and fuck Snow. Snow can go fuck himself. Dressed as, like, a fucking hobo. And his power is punching things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love I love it when Spoonie tore that game apart. And he, he used most, most of the clips from... Um, most of the clips of Snow saying stupid shit. <laughs> it's like he's dressed as a fucking hobo. That's the, the first thing I noticed about that fucking game. It's like, wow, this guy's dressed as like a fucking hobo, and he his power is punching things. Oh no, but he has grenades. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 
So why? You like everyone else has a weapon, but your power is punching things. You go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on from this shit. Um. Yeah. Um, as if Gearbox couldn't, uh, ge- as if Gearbox couldn't get any worse um, for them. Uh, the Duke, Duke, Duke Nukem's creators are suing them. So you already had that Colonial Marines thing going down, and now Duke Nukem guys are like, "Yeah, fuck these guys. We're gonna sue them as well for not paying us on royalties." <laughs> cool. Why not? Which I'm, uh, which I'm totally backing these guys up because I'm like, yeah, fuck Gearbox. Gearbox can go to hell. You know, 2K and Gearbox can go go fuck themselves because, you know, they released Colonial Marines and they falsely advertised it. They got their asses handed to them in court because of that. And yeah, fucking Colonial Marines was that game that I'm surprised that they didn't put them out of business. I'm really shocked that it didn't put them out of business. I mean, it, the game was just like. Here's an example of how bad this game was. It was so fucking bad that they declined going to E3 this year. Like, they didn't show up at E3 because of how bad this game was. I'm surprised, That's how too. bad it was. Yeah, I'm surprised, too, because <laughs> these are the same guys that brought us all of the um, Borderlands games, which are a huge hit because of all the like self-referential game things they do. And they just didn't pull through at all with the newest games. Like, Colonial Marines, like you're saying, awful, 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 awful. And then they tried to handle Duke Nukem. I don't know what went wrong there. I mean, they had time to work on it. They had time to see what the problems were. But I think they just tried to roll all of the product they had with the one game from the previous company into this one just to save time, and it just didn't work. Yeah, that's what pissed me off. It's like, look, if... I mean, look, you got the rights to Duke Nukem, and you were going to release it, but you should have waited at least two more years. At least. You should have. You should have. You should have, like, this is what they should have done. They should have just took, taken all that old shit, scrapped it, and started anew. You know? I'm sorry, you know? They should have done that. Sure, we, w- we wouldn't have played the original game, but you know what? It's good to start from scratch, you know? Because just to see how horrendous that development history to that game of that game was, you know, you kind of had to, like, start from new. You gotta, you had to start, you know, fresh, because, like, years have passed by, and everyone was using the Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine at the time, and this game wasn't, and the final product that they released for, for Duke Nukem was just not very good. No, know? it was, it was seriously substandard. And it's like, you guys just... Yeah, I mean, and, that, and, that, and that's the sad thing, because, like, I mean, when I heard the news that they got the rights to Duke Nukem Forever and they were going to release it, I'm thinking to myself, yes, you know, these guys, they're from Gearbox, you know, Gearbox, you know, they made Borderlands, and Borderlands was actually a fun game, and I'm thinking to myself, yes. I even told someone while we were playing Borderlands online, we were chatting, and I told him, dude, this game is awesome, this is what Duke Nukem Forever should have been if it, if it wasn't cancelled, you know? And yeah, I figured to I mean, myself, if wow, Duke yeah. You know. half, if Duke Nukem was seriously, like, half the game Borderlands was with all the references, I was like, this is fucking perfect for Duke Nukem. All of this shit is great. I would love to see Duke Nukem be self-referential like this. Yeah, and... and but, like, Colonial Marines was, like, the, the, nail, the final nail, nail in the coffin because, like, it was bad. It was, like, unplayable. It was, to this day fucking unplayable. I couldn't play it. I couldn't. Like, it was broken, it didn't fucking work, and it just 
was awful. It was fucking horrendous. I mean, look, say what you will about Duke Nukem Forever, but at least that game was playable. This wasn't. That's how bad it was, and I'm shocked that these motherfuckers, like, hid their faces at, at E3. You know, they didn't show up. Especially 2K, which I'm disappointed in 2K because I think that they're a great publisher, but they shouldn't have to hide their faces at, at E3 and not show up because of these fucking idiots. Okay? I, I know. I, I don't like it when they just rely on their franchise too much. It's like, okay, we're just going to concentrate on doing the new Borderlands game, so we'll have the, the great new special edition or whatever. But that's not it, dude. I mean, if you guys can seriously put out a great product like that, you shouldn't be fucking up with the licenses so much. I mean, the licensed stuff is what we want most of all from you guys because you've proven you can do a great shooter. So, like, please do the same with the licensed stuff. Colonial Marines? What the fuck? Yeah. And, I, and I'm shocked Sega hasn't gone to bankruptcy because of that fucking game. Uh, they're trying to build a new console, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that, Sega. I'm shocked that they haven't even gone like bankrupt because of that. Because like that game flopped horrendously, and they better hope to God, Sega better hope to God that fucking Sonic Lost World sells better just to, to keep them afloat. You know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not doing well. They're not doing well after Colonial Marines. Colonial Marines flopped in the sales. It flopped in the reviews. And, you know. It was horrible. It was like E.T. It was like, yeah, it is the E.T. of our generation, you know? <laughs> oh, it was not quite. Bad. Not quite, but yeah, it, it, not quite. Like, that's kind of how the... But, like, I'm not saying, like, in terms of gameplay, but, like, how... Like, it was, like, a licensed game that was hyped to shit. It was like, oh, my God, E.T., you know, everyone wants to play E.T., but then you played it and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? And the game was so bad that they actually... I don't know if this is true or not, I mean, but everyone knows about the urban myth of, you know, them taking all the E.T. cartridges and burying them in, like, a fucking... <laughs> the, the Nevada desert or Arizona Yeah. Desert. Yeah. No, yeah. I bet it's true. I bet it's fucking true. And I said to myself, can we do that with all the Colonial Marines cartridges? <laughs> no, there's there's a much worse game. I just can't think of it right now, but it, it's up there. I mean, it is the epitome of what a bad game is. I think it's Sonic Freeriders. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Which, again, another Sega game. God damn it, Sega. What happened to you? You know? <laughs> it's like, you know, you better hope that Sonic Lost World sells good, because if it doesn't, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, you might as well file for bankruptcy. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's what it is. Um, And final story is uh, Spider-Man's getting his sister in a new book written by... I don't know if this is going to be canon or if it's going to be... If it's going to be like a one-shot set in an alternate universe, but uh, he's going to get his sister in in Spider-Man family business. So, I don't know... is if this is like a standalone thing, or if this is like part of the mainstream continuity? Oh no, it's a. I read up on this actually. It's a. It's a graphic novel, so it's going to be its standalone story in you know a paperback form, and it's going to be um, what do you call it? Its own thing, and basically what they're trying to do is basically say, yeah, we're we're expanding our repertoire of how we do things now, so. We're going to try to experiment with these new ways of telling the story, and one of them is 
we got a new graphic novel where it's Teresa Parker, the sister of Spider-Man, and the bitching on the online forums was fantastic. People, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> people were fucking hating this thing from day one. And I was like, like, yeah, this does sound like it would be a piece of shit. But the thing that gave me hope is that it's by Mark Wade. Yeah, Mark, Mark Wade. Mark Wade's Kingdom a Dome. fucking. Yeah, Mark Wade's a great writer. Phenomenal. He's a fucking great writer. He I fucking saved. He saved Daredevil. You know, Daredevil yeah. hasn't been good. Wasn't good until he came along on that book because you know, fuck, fucking his Daredevil stuff is really great. You know? Oh, it is. It is. Hold on one second. My bacon's burning. Like literally burning. Hold on. <laughs> my bacon's burning. <laughs> Superman to the rescue, saving my bacon. <laughs> I can hear the John Williams uh, Superman theme, theme playing while Xavier runs, <laughs> takes his shirt off, reveals the giant S logo, saves the bacon. <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that, um, what was it? Uh, yeah, Mark Wade's a great writer, and I think that it's about damn time you started writing a Spider-Man story, because let, I'll be honest, like I'm not a big fan of... What they're currently doing with Spider-Man and the mainstream continuity, because the fucking superior Spider-Man is bullshit, I think. And, yeah, it, it, like, Spider-Man, to me, hasn't been good since the fucking... Yeah, to me, like, Spider-Man is one of those characters that hasn't really recovered after the Clone Saga, because the Clone Saga was so fucking terrible, he never recovered after that. He never did. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm more of a standalone type story guy anyway. I mean, I like reading standalone stuff like Watchmen, um, All Star Superman, um, Kingdom Come, like you know, all that stuff. Like I, I mean, I'm more of a fan of reading um, standalone stories than I am, um, you know, ongoing stuff because with ongoing, I will get attached to a writer that I really like, and then they leave the book, and then I'm like, shit. You know, I, I don't want to continue with this. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of the problem I have with ongoing comics is that, you know, I get attached to a writer. I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this guy. He's really great writing this. And then they leave, and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm confident because Mark Wade does stuff, right? So the one thing I, I'm hopeful for is his method of storytelling where he, he takes a character, and if he introduces a family member – it's a surprise to everyone. So there's like no hidden secret where it's like, Peter, I meant to tell you, she's been in, you know, a coma for 30 years or something like that. Nothing like that. So. <laughs> yeah, it isn't like, it isn't like uh, someone opening up the door and it's like, hey, I'm your long lost brother. <laughs> or some bullshit from, like that. From Joyzy. <laughs> some bullshit like that. So he doesn't I, do that. I, I, yeah. I can, I can imagine people bitching about this <laughs> because. Fucking comic book fans, man. They are they are a wild bunch. <laughs> yeah, no, they are. The uh, the thing that really, really gives me that, that spark of hope is that Wade likes to break from the norm. So one of the methods he, he's done before in storytelling is when someone finds out they have a new family member, it's usually because the person who is the mother or father of that child who is being introduced into the family never told anyone they had a kid. So it's like, why didn't you tell me you you know, gave, you know, I had a sister this whole time. Aunt May would go, I didn't even know. Your father and mother never said anyone, said anything. Like, I think they kept her a secret from you as much as they did me. 
<laughs> God, I hope not. That's not the case. But that's probably the way to do it because it would be a, a thing where it's just like, wait a minute. You have a sister? I didn't even know about this. So it would it would seriously save the continuity from being fucked up a lot because Aunt May would be as just a surprise. And she's like the only attachment of family he has left anyway. So I would love to see that because it'd just be a real simple explanation of like, I, I didn't even know myself. And that's the only person you have to excuse from not knowing besides uh, Peter himself. There's only one Aunt May who's his family member. So that's it. Once you, once you set up, she doesn't even know, you're good. Mm, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. You know, that's kind of sad that you know, I think the only good Spider-Man stories now are all the standalone stuff, not the mainstream stuff. Mm. <laughs> and that should tell you something. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this idea because it's something different, and it's like, again, stop getting your panties in a bunch, it's not a fucking, it's not canon, it's a standalone story, you know, set in a separate universe, mm-hmm. so don't get mad, you know. Really? I mean, they did another, they did Spider-Girl, for God's sakes, so with the fucking, um, what was it, Spider-Girl, which was Peter's daughter, and she was took up the mantle of Spider-Man, and he was chief of police in that universe, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that, because it really, really was. <laughs> oh, Tom DeFalco, will you ever write something that I like? <laughs> yeah. And then he bitches about the fucking cancellation of the book. I'm like, dude, it's a book about Spider-Man's daughter taking up the mantle. Like, why do you think this was canceled to begin with? <laughs> well, he had some he had some good ideas, and I, I was really happy that he decided to not make it this this thing of hey, your your uh, daughter is from the future and joining you in your Spider-Man adventures. I'm glad they set it apart because that way she could at least grow as her own character. And you know, for what they were, I enjoyed it. It was you know it was fun reading, but that's about it. It wasn't anything you know really needed for it was just like expanded universe stuff and it's like that's fun to read that's yeah like I said like I mean to the people bitching about this look it's it's a standalone story it's not set in the same universe mm-hmm. it's a standalone universe you know and you know what I'm actually I'm liking this idea because I want to see Peter interact with other family members and other than out other than out May you know yeah no, totally. I mean, f- for fuck's sake, I mean, goddamn, I'm tired of Aunt May. I mean, she's like, yeah, I'm Peter's aunt. I'm the only family he has. Not to mention, you're the reason why one more day happened. So, <laughs> Bring yeah. that up, why don't you? <laughs> God, let that old bitch die already. Die. <laughs> it's like, yeah. One more day where Tony Stark can build a fucking armor out of uh, fucking box of scraps and paper clips, but he can't uh, heal. A, he can, but he can't take out a bullet. Oh, I yeah, know. sure, oh. sure. <laughs> whatever you say, Casada. Whatever you say. <laughs> Please, no more. He was great in the beginning. Joe Casada was one of the great writers. I mean, you know, editors. He had some amazing ideas that really launched Marvel out of mediocrity, and then his shit just got so fucking weird. <laughs> Spider-Man going to hell and all that shit, biting the head off a demon. Just, Jesus. I know. Yeah, I'm, 
like, yeah, you know, hey, guys, you like Joe Quesada? No. You like Jeff Loeb? No. Well, guess what? They're both the new head writers of, head executive producers of the Marvel Animated Universe. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Two guys I fucking cannot stand. And you made them heads of the fucking Marvel Animation Department. Fuck off, Marvel. <laughs> God. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of sad where I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is like... I'm kind of excited for the story because, again, it's Peter Parker being Spider-Man, which is something I want to see again. Because, you know, like I said, Superior Spider-Man, it's a piece of shit, and I don't recommend anyone reading it. I've been reading it. Just garbage. It's It's good because it's not... Peter Parker, it's actually Doc Ock, and it's like, this is a very strange turn. Very, very strange. I know. I know. So, I'm like, I'm curious where it's going, but that's really it. Trust me, they'll pull something out of their ass and have Peter come back. No, they will. I know they will. Yeah, because we talked about this before with the Captain America thing, which to this day is one of the worst fucking retcons in any comic book ever. Ever. (laughs) I'm I'm just curious how they're going to do it, if it's going to be awkward and silly. But other than that, yeah, it's just like, what are you going to do to bring back Peter? Because you can't have him be Doc Ock forever. And how are you going to bring Doc Ock back? Oh, he's going to have, like, a, a diaclone body or something, I bet you. <laughs> He'd probably be a robot or something. Like clone, all the whatever. whatever. But, yeah, I think that's it. So, yeah, that's it for us. If there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, summer movies are pretty good. This is the end. Fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, you saw Man of Steel. Want to tell me about that? Man of Steel is, um, going spoiler-free here, Man of Steel is pretty good entertainment. There are some weird character choices. Not so much choices, but it's like David Goyer, who helped write, you know, the the Dark Knight trilogy with Christopher Nolan. They're both on the Man of Steel writing team. Like, they both wrote the Man of Steel movie. So it's like, this is a great team-up, right? And there are just some really weird things I didn't understand about the movie. I don't want to give anything away, but there's one bit where um, Superman can't breathe the atmosphere of a Kryptonian ship. You know, and they, they set it up where it's just like, oh, it's poison to him because the atmosphere on Krypton is different from Earth. So him breathing our atmosphere is natural to him now because he grew up on the planet. But Kryptonian atmosphere is kind of like poison to him like kryptonite, but they set this up for half the movie, and the only thing they did with that in the movie was knock him unconscious so they could take a blood sample and then fuck all, that's all they did. (laughs) Yeah, I think the problem with Superman is, like, he's not a very... He's not an easy character to write for, I think. Like, you can write a good Superman story, but the problem is, like, he's not... He's not like Batman, where it's like, you know, he's more, Batman is more grounded in reality, and Superman is more fantasy. Well, see, the thing is, I don't think it's, 
actually very hard to write for Superman. The problem. No, no. I, I mean, I mean, fuck's sake. I love Superman the animated series because it was just the opposite of Batman. You know, Batman was dark and gritty, and Superman the animated series was just lighthearted and fun. Well, I think the problem with writing Superman a lot of the time for a movie is that it's like, what do you choose to write Superman as? I mean, you can do so many different things because his powers being a lot of the time so ill-defined, how do you base the movie around that? Like, in this movie, not to give it away, they don't ever use his, like, super breath, which can freeze things, which is something I'm going to say could have really helped the story at one point. They never used it. I'm like, um, that's a major part of his power set. In fact, in Superman 2, like the original Christopher Reeves movie, it was like a major plot point. They never used it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. Like I said, he's he's a very hard character to write for, you know, especially when it comes to movies. Because, like, with movies, yeah... Like have we ha- ever have we like ever had a good Superman movie like a really good Superman movie? Christopher Reeves, Superman the original. <sighs> I love that movie. That movie's a classic. <laughs> I know, but I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, I'm. I can turn the world. I can do like a hundred. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's the <laughs> best fucking part. <laughs> it's like there's suspension of disbelief. And then there's, wow, really? <laughs> oh, come on. You can't shit all over that. That's classic cinema, dude. <laughs> that is fucking classic cinema, you heartless bastard. <laughs> I like Superman 2, the Richard Downer cut, much better than the actual one that they released. But I don't think that we ever had, like, a really good Superman movie. Like, one that's really fucking great. Super, you know? super, the original Superman, you asshole. I'm, no, I, I'm sorry. I never really thought that was a really great movie. It wasn't. It really wasn't. You are dead to me, toaster. <laughs> yeah, no, I never really thought it was that great of a movie. Because fucking Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor, Jesus Christ. Fucking hate that cartoon version of Luther. Could not stand him. Could not fucking stand him. No, I couldn't stand Otis. God. Just. Oh, and that fucking scene where it's like, oh, I'm flying, and there's flying with Lois, and that inner monologue bullshit. Some of the worst written dialogue I've ever heard in my life. You say that every five minutes about everything. No, I don't. <laughs> you fucking say, worst ever. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure it is this time. And then, like, two minutes later, hey, how about that scene from that show we watched? Yeah, the dialogue on that thing, unfucking believable That's the worst fucking dialogue I've ever heard. Come on. You say it constantly, dude. Give me an example when I said that. Uh, I could listen to any of these podcasts. <laughs> or, like, when, you, when you're on Facebook... And you say, that game fucking sucked. What was it like? Uh, you fucking did a lot with, like, Naughty Dog, and you're talking about this is The Last of Us, or what's the, what's the last one? Bioshock. You're like, I fucking loved Colonel Marines more than I had playing Bioshock. That piece of shit. <laughs> I never liked Bioshock, okay? 
But you said like fucking Colonel shot. Marines, which you just said. No, I never said. I never said. Fuck I never you. Said yes, Colonial you did. No, I never said fucking Colonial Marines is better than fucking. You fucking shot. did. You liar. I will go back no, in time no, and prove no. you wrong. No, no, I did. No, I fucking did not you, say that. You I were never off said your Colonial. fucking nut when you said that. <laughs> no, I didn't. Fuck no, you, I, I will prove it right now. Go, go on, go on, prove me wrong, prove me wrong, dude. Prove me wrong. I will fucking prove you wrong. In fact, I will have to do it after the show because I don't know how far back on my wall it is. <laughs> See, like, you... you it was around release, have, It was around the release date of, like, Bioshock, whenever, it, whenever that happened. No, I didn't say fucking Colonial Marines is better than fucking Bioshock. No, I didn't. Oh my fucking god, you did. I, I No, I I didn't fucking say that. I didn't fucking say that. Fucking liar. No, I, I didn't. I didn't say fucking Colonial Marines was better than Bioshock. I may have said it was more fun, but I never said it was That's better. That's even fucking worse. <laughs> Come on, dude. There are tons of people I talk to that don't like Bioshock, okay? And I'm not That's the first fine. one. That's fine. I'm I don't not... care if you don't like Bioshock. It's not, you know, it's a great game, but I understand it's not going to be like the Jesus com- second coming of all games. But you fucking dare say, I had more fun playing fucking Colonel Marines than I did Bioshock. Yeah, I'm sorry, I did, because, like, Bioshock Infinite couldn't keep up my interest, and I turned it off, and, yeah, couldn't keep up my interest. I was thinking to myself, wow, this game is just, like... Right now. What? <laughs> I will fucking bend the laws of physics to choke a bitch. No, I mean, I never, I'm sorry, I never, I didn't like Bioshock. Don't oh, me with that shit, I swear to God. A lot of people did, a lot of people didn't like Bioshock Infinite, okay? Come oh, great, on. you don't like it? That's fine. Don't you dare fucking say Colonel Marines was more impressive. I didn't say it was more impressive. Come you, on. Oh, fuck you, you did it. <laughs> no, I didn't say it was more impressive. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> I didn't fucking say it was more impressive. <laughs> What are you on today? What are you telling, saying this fucking bullshit? Never said Colonial Marines is better than Bioshock. Jesus Christ, what are you on? <laughs> what are you on? Like, uh, we're gonna do this. Are we seriously gonna go with the you don't like anything argument because I'll you fucking don't. listen to a lot of... You fucking don't. <laughs> Yeah, what was the last episode we recorded? Yeah, we recorded an episode where I talked about Prime and how much I like that show. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't like, like anything. Okay. I don't like anything yet. I recorded an episode you saying like how much I like Prime. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! You you have a you have a hate on for humanity though. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who fucking doesn't? That's true. Who fucking doesn't have a hate on for humanity? I mean, for fuck's sake, I saw fucking After Earth, and yeah, after walking out of that movie, you know, that didn't change my, my opinion about humanity at all. <laughs> Wait, you saw After Earth? Yeah, I fucking saw that piece of shit. Why did you see After Earth? Um, we were in Dubai, and um, my sister and brothers wanted to see it, 
and my dad bought four tickets, and he's like, yeah, you know, just just go. Just go. You're not doing anything. Like, fine, whatever. I didn't pay for it, so... <laughs> and Jesus Christ, it was, it was awful. Fucking horrendous. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Will Smith, and fuck you, Jaden Smith. That's he, all I gotta say about that movie. Does he die in that movie, Will Smith, at the beginning? No, he doesn't. He gets injured. Oh, I heard he died. No, he doesn't. Okay. Spoiler for anyone who gives a shit about After Earth. <laughs> uh, all two of them being Will and Jaden. <laughs> God, I love I love the Red Letter Media review of that movie where they took scenes from it and and redubbed it with fucking I whip my hair back and forth by Willow Smith. <laughs> God, no, fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, no. It it sounds horrible. It it is horrible. God. No, but I do like stuff. I do. I mean, I like Transformers. I le- I love Beast Wars. I think Beast Wars is my favorite Transformers show out there. You know. Yeah. No, I I love Beast Wars, dude. Oh, so come on. Like, stop stop saying like I I hate that argument of like oh you don't like anything, but I do like a lot of stuff. I mean, for fuck's sake. The last episode we recorded, we talked about how much we love the Venture Brothers, for God's sakes. Oh, and I saw, um, I saw it the other day. What did I see? I saw season, or the season premiere of the first episode, where uh, Dean <laughs> starts swearing, like the guy from the, the Ghost Rider, oddly enough guy, that travels through dimensions, drops him off, and he says, uh, Dean, I'm worried about you, and I thought I told you I wanted to speak to your father, and Dean says, and I thought I told you to go fuck yourself. Oh, yeah. That was a good call back to the last... um, Because the last line of the the after-credits scene of the the finale of the season four was him talking to Dean and him saying, with all due respect, sir, go fuck yourself. Yeah, awesome. (laughs) I like like how he went all emo. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. He's doing something different with his character for once. Oh, and notice anything different, anything similar about his design? Uh, I'm missing it. Who is he supposed to be? Doc Hammer. Oh! <laughs> See? Because <laughs> a lot of... Cause, um, I, because in the DVD commentary, they said that the Dean was based on Doc Hammer, so... <laughs> I missed that. Good call. Good call. <laughs> See, I love the Venture Brothers, and... Oh my god, I love the scene where the monarch tracks down Henchman 21, and he's like, oh, where did you get that suit? I killed one of the Venture Brothers. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love how uh, Sergeant Hatred is shouting from the window, Monarch, get off the lawn! <laughs> oh, and his boobs. <laughs> oh, dude, I was like, that's fucking hilarious. It looks like he's got him. Oh my god, he does. And what I like about Venture Brothers is like, they can take the most obscure background character and turn him into a main character, and that's what they did with the season. Uh-huh. Because if you remember, they took, like, uh, that guy, um, the short-haired guy who was obsessed with pop culture, and they turned him into a main guy, main guy for the season. <laughs> oh, who uh, was that? It was Master Billy Quizboy. Oh, Billy <laughs> Quizboy. I love Billy Quizboy. Uh, the, his arch nemesis, <laughs> where he shows up riding the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah! Oh, that was awesome. And his uh, supervillain disguise is based on Magneto. Which is yeah. Weird. I love I love all those references. Oh, so cool. 
Oh, and the role playing between Monarch and uh, and Doctor Girlfriend, where he's dressed up <laughs> like one of the guys from Game of Thrones, and yeah. she's dressed as Rocky. <laughs> what you said you wanted me to be, Carl Drago? Drogo, Cal Drogo. You're supposed to be my Khaleesi. I don't even know what that is. Game of Thrones. We watch it every night, sweetie. You watch that with twenty one. And then uh, that guy, wa- one of the Moppets, walks in. <laughs> He's like, you're getting weak, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I love that bit. See, I fucking love the Venture Brothers. How can you say I don't like anything? I fucking uh, love I see your posts on Facebook, and I've <laughs> talked to you personally. <laughs> Come on, man. I fucking love the Venture Brothers. How can, I, how can you dislike the Venture Brothers? I, I, don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I love the Venture Brothers. But I think the thing I was disappointed with in the in the season uh, premiere was there was not enough Brock, which I was disappointed by. Yeah, he's he's actually kind of a show stealer, so I'm glad they scaled it back so other people could get some development. I know, but still, I'd like to see more Brock because it's been just so goddamn long seeing this show. Oh, I know, I I fucking adore Brock. He's like you know my man crush. But the thing is. <laughs> The, the dude really is the scene stealer. Like, you really got to step it back sometimes when you deal with Brock. Yeah, I know. Or else no one else is going to get any development because Brock is just such a badass. He overrides everyone else. <laughs> no, but I mean, the thing with the Venture Bros is, like, they can take characters that you don't care about and make them main characters, and then you either like them or, you know, you dislike them, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, I didn't like Sergeant Hatred to begin with, but then when he started teaming up with the Venture Brothers, he was became one of my favorite characters on the show. Princess Tiny Feet left me. Because <laughs> I like that. I mean, it's it's really good development that you don't see a lot in most television shows nowadays. Well, he had uh, the season premiere had one of the best lines. I, I just, you know, I'm referencing it again, even though I just said it, but I love the bit. Where he's just shouting at the monarch from the top of the window, Monarch, get off the lawn! <laughs> God. <laughs> that was hilarious. And to think that character started out as like one a one-joke character. Oh, and, no, yeah, he was. And in the season two finale, where he's one of the guys at, at Monarch's wedding, and the joke was he, 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 was, he had the foot fetish... With Princess Tiny Feet and Hank was sitting next to him. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the joke. That one character came back and became a, a a regular. So there you go. Well, you know, it's kind of cool when I see the characters switch sides like that, and they they make a change, you know, for the better, for the worse, whatever. But <laughs> that was so great seeing him with the V on his face, and he was still called Sergeant Hatred. Hatred. <laughs> <laughs> And in the DVD, you can see where that D is. Because <laughs> it goes all the way down. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think I rambled on long enough about stuff I like, for now anyway. So, yeah. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I think this was another one of the better episodes we've done, because there was actually argument between me and Xavier. <laughs> and I'm the one that started it this time. Yes! Anyway, uh, see you all later. Bye.